You're listening to The Vine Podcast, episode number 69. Have you ever struggled with making your blog posts longer without just adding fluff into them? In today's episode, I'll share some easy ways that you can make your blog posts longer to make them more engaging and help your readers stick around longer. Hey friend, I'm Madison Wetherill, a web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers and your host for The Vine Podcast. This show is all about supporting you as a food blogger as you grow your business. I'll share tips for designing your business and your website with intention so that you can build a blog that fits into your life, not consumes it. You'll hear tips for connecting with your audience, growing your blog, and tips for managing and designing your website, all in short, easy to consume, and actionable episodes. If you're ready to think differently about the strategies and tactics that you need to grow your food blog, you are in the right place. I'm so excited that you're here, friend. Let's get started. Welcome friends. I am so excited to have you here today. And as always, if it is your first time at listening to the podcast, I'm so glad that you found it. Whether a friend shared it with you or maybe you just found it on Apple Podcasts, I am just really thankful that you are taking the time to listen to this episode. And I hope that you will go back and listen to the other episodes that we have. It has been so fun to create this podcast and just be creating content for this business and for you guys to just continually improve your blogs and be more strategic and thoughtful in the ways that you are growing it. My name is Madison Wetherill and I am a web designer for food bloggers and my business is called Grace and Vine Studios. Now we work with our clients in a couple of different ways this year and we've kind of been very strategic about the ways that we are going to be working with clients and so those are our branding and strategy packages which is basically developing a brand strategy for your blog and then all of the branding assets that you're going to need to really have that consistent look and really just a strategy to go out and connect with your audience. Our second package is our custom website package where we are working on your branding and your website and building that from the ground up to really build a website that helps you to really connect with your audience, know who they are and know what they need from you and to be able to provide your content in a really curated way so that it is really easy for your readers to find what they need and what they're looking for. And then the final way that we're working with our clients this year is through our designer for a day package. And these are basically a couple of days a month that I set aside to be able to get out of my business and into your business for the day. So it is a six hour intensive where we really go through that long list of things that you've been needing to fix up on your website that maybe you don't know how to fix or that you've just been putting off. And so it's a really great opportunity to just get all of that fixed in one one day, not have to deal with the emailing back and forth for months with little projects here and there, and just really be able to clean up your site, give it that branded, cohesive look that you've always wanted using the branding and the theme that you are already using and loving. So that has been my favorite offer to add in over the last year. And it has just been such a fun way to work with people who need something different than a full brand or a full website, but really still need the high touch service that we offer through my business. So today we're going to talk about making your blog posts longer. And I think this is a really interesting topic because so often we think that we just need to hit a certain amount of word count. And there's really no specific word count requirement for Google or for SEO, but many SEOs and blogger resources have talked about the many benefits of longer form content. And this doesn't just mean making your blog post longer for the sake of them being longer or to hit a certain word count amount. It is really suggested to have at least 500 words in your blog post and to really avoid having what is considered to be thin content or content that is really just not filled with information that is helpful and that would be searched for 
by your users on Google. And so the longer the high quality content that you can have, the more opportunities that Google has to index different keywords and different long tail keywords within your content and help you to rank higher in search results. Longer content is also beneficial for your readers because it can give them more opportunities to learn more about your recipe, to learn new skills within cooking, to really help them with whatever it is that they're struggling with. It gives you more space to talk about those things and to help them. And it is also beneficial for you as the publisher because it will allow you to add in more calls to action and to get your reader to take more steps towards becoming a part of your audience. It will allow you to showcase your expertise. And finally, you will get the benefit of more ad revenue because longer content means more ads can be placed throughout your content. But the most important thing to remember here is that we are not adding more words just for the sake of more words. We really want this information that we're adding to our blog post to be relevant and useful for our audience. So let's first talk about what type of content you should be including in your blog posts. Now, more than likely, you have some sort of system for how you write your blog posts, whether it is something that you actually have written down or it's just something that you do instinctively the same way every time. And if you're stuck with really trying to make a blog post longer than a few hundred words, you might wanna add a couple of these sections into your content going forward to really help you fill out that content more and make it more relevant and useful for your reader. This is going to help you provide context and helpful information to your readers. The first type of content to include is the story and context behind the recipe. Now, I know some of you are thinking, my readers don't care about that. And really the story behind your recipe is important to your blog post, but most of the time people overdo this and talk about it for way too long. And we all know we've seen all of the memes about food bloggers going on and on about the recipe. And so we want to make sure that we're sharing information that is relevant to the exact recipe that you're sharing. If you are sharing a story, keep it short and sweet. And again, I cannot highlight enough to make sure that it is relevant to the recipe itself. There's a point to telling the story and you are not just adding in content to try to connect dots between parts of your life that might not be relevant to this recipe that you're sharing. The next type of content that you can include are substitutions and suggestions. There are so many diets and allergies and restrictions that people have these days. And so it is so important to include this information if it makes sense within the context of your brand. Now, even if your recipes are not considered healthy or specific to one diet, there's a chance that your readers, some percentage of them are going to need to know how to customize your recipes for someone in their family, someone that they are having over for dinner, or maybe even for themselves. And so it's really great to have these tips when you can. Not every recipe is going to need these substitution ideas or suggestions, but if you're able to provide some easy tips for substitutions or ways to alter the recipe to better fit your lifestyle, then you should definitely do this. This is one of those opportunities where you can really serve your reader and also show your expertise about your recipe and just food in general. It doesn't mean that you necessarily have to go and test the recipe 50 more times using all of these different suggestions, but you can make really logical suggestions and substitution recommendations based on things that would make sense. So for example, you can say things like, I haven't tested this recipe with gluten-free flour, but you should be able to use one-to-one substitution really easily. Something like that that tells your reader that maybe you aren't 100% sure, but you would guess that this is possible. Or if it's something like making 
a recipe dairy-free. You can make suggestions for using dairy-free butter or dairy-free yogurt or cream cheese, depending on what it uses. Or you can just say to simply omit the cheese. You would be really surprised at how many of your readers might not think about something as simple as just leaving something out of a recipe. For a lot of your readers who are not comfortable in the kitchen and who really rely on following a recipe exactly, they really need to be told that it's okay to leave something out because most likely they're probably thinking that they'll ruin the dish if they leave something out. As a side note, this is important to include in your blog post content, but also in the notes of your recipe card, because even though we are trying to make our blog post longer, we have to make sure we are assuming that our reader might not read the full post. So when it comes to things like substitutions or really important tips about the recipe, it's also important to include those in your recipe card just to make sure that your readers see them. And the next set of content that you should include in your blog post is your frequently asked questions. Now, this is where doing some of your keyword research comes in handy because you should be answering the questions that your readers might have even before they have them or before they need to ask them. So an FAQ section is a great tool for helping your readers to make your recipe perfectly on the first try. In my Simplify with Gutenberg course, there's an entire module where we talk about creating your blog post outline and then being able to create a Gutenberg template for your blog posts. And so this is something that I think is really important, but often missed. I know when I was blogging, I did not do something like this to create an outline, but it makes things so much simpler for you going forward to know the types of content that you want to include in most of your blog posts. You don't have to make it super robotic. You can change things around, but it will at least give you a start place for what to use and Gutenberg makes this so easy to create this and reuse it in every blog post going forward. So if you are not using Gutenberg or if you would like to be streamlining your blog post process then I would highly recommend signing up for the waitlist. The doors are going to be opening to the course on March 1st and you can sign up for the waitlist at graceandvinestudios.com simplify. So the second half of this concept of making our blog posts longer is some style tips that you can use to not only elevate the look of your blog post, but it can also help with lengthening them. So if you remember when you were in school and you used to change the font size or the line height on a Word document so that you could make it look like your paper was longer, these are some tips that are going to do a similar thing by making your content visually look longer and actually visually increase the length of your your blog post. The first tip in this section is to use shorter paragraphs. I have gotten so accustomed to writing two to three sentence paragraphs that even my podcast outline is written in this way, but it is really important to keep your paragraphs really short and sweet. It's really helpful for a few reasons. It's easier for your readers to read through and skim the content. It's better for ad placement because again, it gives more opportunities for ads to be placed. And it's also better for mobile devices because it breaks up the content in a natural way so that your reader isn't having to scroll as often to get through multiple paragraphs of content. And of course, it helps you to lengthen your blog posts. So really you get wins all around. You can also vary the content types and really make sure that throughout your blog post, you're using a bunch of different types of content. So typically you are used to seeing paragraph image, paragraph image within your blog post and using different types of content will just make your blog post so much easier to read and skim and also just visually more interesting to look at. And so you can use things like paragraphs, obviously, headings, using lists and numbered lists whenever it is relevant. 
And of course, this is all on top of the paragraphs and images that you are already used to having within your posts. So varying the content types, you're going to break up that paragraph image pattern that we talked about and that is so common in most blogs. And it's going to just make things so much easier for your reader to skim and also be attracted to different sections of your blog post when they are so used to seeing that same pattern over and over again and they see a list or they see a collage of images for example it's going to be something that they might stop their scroll to actually pay attention to and that is really the whole point in writing all of this amazing content is you want your readers to read it but sometimes we have to put ourselves in their shoes and think like our reader thinks and they are trying to get down to your recipe card as quickly as they can and they're probably not going to stop unless there's a reason to stop And so having things that break up the monotony of your normal posts is really going to help them to pay attention to sort of snap out of it and see what it is that you have to say. You should also be linking to related posts. And I know that I've talked about this quite a few times, but linking to related posts within your content has Again, two benefits in case you haven't noticed a trend in this episode. Linking to related content can help your reader because it will help them to find more content that they might enjoy. It also helps with SEO and it also helps to lengthen your blog posts. So when you are linking to other content within your content, so if I have a blueberry muffin recipe and I'm linking to a recipe on how to store muffins, it's going to send a signal to Google that both of these posts are linked together so the content is similar and also that the content between them is good. So especially if you have a high ranking blog post and you link to another blog post, maybe a newer one on your site, it can help to raise that blog post up in Google's eyes because you already have a post that is performing well and that Google sees as high quality content. So linking to your blog posts within your own content is so, so important. It is so important that the Yoast SEO plugin even has a name for posts that have not been linked to. They're considered orphaned posts, which I thought was very interesting to read. And so it's just such an important thing to be getting in the habit of linking your content together and just using it in a really authentic and realistic way. You don't want to just pull something out of a hat and share something really random with your readers. You do want it to be relevant and helpful for them. So there's a lot of ways that you can do this. And I talked a little bit about this in last week's episode about calls to action that you can use on your blog in episode 68. And there's some really awesome plugins that you can use for this, things like grow.me or content views, but you can also do this manually with Gutenberg blocks, which is my favorite way to do this because I think you really need to think about your audience when you are trying to connect your blog posts in this way. And sometimes doing it with a plugin that automatically does it for you will pull a relevant content or just things that wouldn't make the most sense. But when you're able to put yourself in your reader's shoes and think about which recipe would my reader need next or which blog post would they be interested in next, you can really curate a set of posts that are going to be highly relevant for them and they're more likely to click into those. And so by doing this with Gutenberg blocks, you can create a reusable block for yourself to use over and over again, but it will help you to have a placeholder and just fill it with the content that makes the most sense. And you can also just simply do this by adding a paragraph and talking about other recipes that pair well within the recipe that you're talking about. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a separate list or section within the blog post. It can just naturally be part of the dialogue and conversation that you're having in the blog post and just naturally linking to posts where it's relevant. So just to recap really quick, a few ways that you can make your blog post longer. The first is to 
really think about the type of content that you're including in your blog posts and make sure that you are using really relevant content and adding some of these top sections in. You want to make sure that you're styling your blog post correctly and using shorter paragraphs and using different content types to lengthen the blog post naturally. And then finally, you want to link to related posts, which is going to help your reader trust you as a trusted source for something. It's also going to help them to dig into more content, which gives them more opportunities to connect with you and take action on your site. And it also has SEO benefits as well. So I would love to know which of these you're going to try adding into your blog post. I would love to know if there's anything else that you do to make your blog post longer. And I would love to hear from you guys over on Instagram. My handle over there is at Grayson Vine. And I also send our podcast episodes out weekly through my email newsletter. And so if you're not getting those updates and you don't want to miss a new podcast episode going live, you can always sign up for those podcast updates on any of the blog posts that have them or by going to the vinepodcast.com. Or you can obviously subscribe in your podcast player, whether you're listening on Spotify or Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. I still get a couple of reviews every once in a while, and they just make my day to see you guys reviewing the podcast and loving it and sharing it over on Instagram. It's just been so fun to see your feedback and to see which episodes you guys are most excited about. I had so much feedback on my episode a couple weeks ago about screen time tips for entrepreneurs, and I was really happy to see that because it was just a different type of episode for me. So if you guys like these episodes, if you want more content like this, definitely come and let me know over at Grace and Vine on Instagram. I am always just looking for ideas of how this podcast can serve you guys better. So always love to connect with you guys over there. And as a reminder, if you are not using Gutenberg or you would like to be, but you don't even know where to start, you can sign up for the waitlist for my Simplify with Gutenberg course that is launching on March 1st. I cannot wait to get this into the hands of more food bloggers like you. It is really going to help you master Gutenberg and finally make the switch from the classic editor, but it's also really going to help you to streamline your blog post process and save you so much time in creating your blog post from scratch every time. I have used a similar model for my own podcast episode blog posts and it saves me and my team so much time to be able to use those rather than restarting every single time. So you can go to graceandvinestudios.com simplify to sign up for the course. Until next week's episode, I will talk to you guys on Instagram or see you around on my email list. But until then, talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to thevinepodcast.com. Talk soon.